Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Pro Football in the 1970s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about terrible passing performances that resulted in victories. In 1973 and 1974, a couple of terrible passing performances by a couple of very young quarterbacks somehow equaled victory for their respective teams. Both outings came with different circumstances, however, as they both ranked as a couple of the most unique quarterbacking efforts of the decade. On October 14, 1973, rookie New York Jets quarterback Bill Demery was thrusted into his team's starting lineup against the host New England Patriots due to the injuries of to starting quarterback Joe Namath and the backup signal caller there in New York, Al Woodall. To compensate for having a green rookie like Demery behind center, Jets head coach Weed Eubank had decided to shave his team's offensive game plan to run the ball and then run it some more. New York's rushing attack performed admirably on that day as they accounted for 232 total ground yards. Demery, on the other hand, struggled as he managed to complete only one pass in seven attempts. But his 11-yard strike to wide receiver Chris Knight along the sideline late in the fourth quarter was just what the Jets needed most. Knight's clutch catch set up New York place kicker Bobby Halfield, who connected on a 22-yard field goal for what turned out to be the winning points. New York somehow prevailed in this low-scoring defensive battle 9-7. Eubank knew that Demery's performance would not set the NFL on fire, but it served as a statement of proof that it does not really matter how you win in pro football. It only matters that you win. We plan to throw the ball more, Coach Eubank was quoted to say after the game. That plan never really seemed to take effect, however. That was probably because Jets running back John Riggins and Emerson Boozer were doing so well. Riggins would account for 132 rushing yards in the game, and Boozer added another 73 more. The Jets rushers thus ate up the clock, and that served as a successful key to New York's victory. The following year, the Jets were once again involved in another game where a quarterback suffered from an even worse statistical outing than that of Bill Demery. On September 29, 1974, the Jets went into Buffalo's Rich Stadium to face the Bills. There was no snow this early in the autumn in Buffalo, but there was plenty of rain and lots and lots of wind. In some cases, the wind gusts on that day would blow as much as 40 miles per hour. Both Joe Namath of the Jets and Joe Ferguson of the Bills had miserable days in their passing pockets. The wind constantly diverted many of their throats. Namath could complete only two of his 18 pass attempts all game long but Ferguson completed exactly zero passes. Now, to be fair, Ferguson only attempted two passes. It was going to be a running game for both teams, and that would have to decide the winner of this AFC East Divisional Contest. Buffalo's rushing attack 
led by O.J. Simpson and Jim Braxton, proved to be the stronger than the New York ground game. The Bills accounted for a total of 223 rushing yards, while the Jets could accumulate only 106 total ground yards. Thanks to their running backs, the Bills prevailed 16-12. Now, despite their victories, both Bill Demery and Joe Ferguson endured a game in 1973 and 1974, respectively, that both would rather forget. Demery went back to the bench as soon as Al Woodall got healthy again, and Joe Ferguson continued to hand the football off to his running backs during the remainder of the 1974 season. Fortunately for Buffalo, led them to their only playoff berth of the decade. Now for our trivia question for this episode. We've mentioned the different backup quarterbacks for the New York Jets in this episode, but who was Joe Ferguson's backup quarterback in Buffalo in 1974? Thanks a lot for listening in to this episode of Pro Football in the 1970s. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. Take care. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.